Hello, I'm James Young and this is Out of Control, the unofficial Premier League Years podcast. Joining me this week to discuss 1992-1993 is Jay Motti from the Stratford Paddock YouTube channel to discuss all things from the Waco siege to murders to United winning their first Premier League title since the 1960s, mixed in with a bit of great chat about the charlatans and other things. You want to stick around for this, it's a good episode and uh, there'll be more coming out uh, every single week to discuss the great programme that is Sky Sports. So we're joined by uh, Jay Mossy said from the uh, Stratford Pilot YouTube channel, Jay Mossy uh, to, to the people at um, uh, his bank. And uh, where, have you ever seen Premier League years before, Jay? Of course I have. I'm an ardent fan. Um, it's one of my favourite ever shows. <laughs> it's, it's, it is fucking mental. Genuinely, as a program, like I was watching this, and there's there's no structure to it at all. There's random games that have like five or ten minutes worth of like footage to it, and then other ones where there's like six goals, and you see one of them, and then there's random news stories like intertwined, and it's just it's insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. Do you know? I think part of the thing with Premier League years is for certain games, especially early in the Premier League, they've got more footage because they were filming the full game or. They've got access to more footage or whatever. Some of it, like, I've seen ones where they'll spend, because it's only the Premier League, they only talk, usually talk about the Premier League games, but then there's sometimes where they'll they'll talk about cup games and they'll spend, like, five minutes talking about the League Cup. And then at the end of the, the programme, they'll go, oh, and by the way, United won the Champions League as well. And it's like, what? Like, how is that, like, a two-second comment that United, oh, United went on to win the treble, and that's that. And you're like, what? Like, the, you're right, it's so random. There's just no logic to it whatsoever. And the music and everything, it, it, it is chaos. I mean, it's, but, it's, a, it's a football sugar rush, really. I mean, this, this one starts with a random montage of footballers in black and white, so some obscure classical music. And then literally, within 10 seconds, before we even got to the Premier League start of the season, we've got the news for August, and we've got Bill Clinton running for president. <laughs> It was a year in which we saw Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, a rank outsider, running for presidency. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, like the, 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 they throw that in, don't they? They'll say, like, in you know, in March, Bill Clinton was impeached for an incident with Monica Lewinsky. Like, what? There's, What's there's this? worse ones than that. We'll, we'll get on to it later. Um, but we, once we start getting into uh, sort of April and, uh, and May time in February, it literally goes from Villa being two points clear at the end of the month into the fucking siege of Waco within literally 10 seconds. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not like handled in the right way, is it? It's not like, you know, oh, in, you know, here's a goal from Kevin Davis. Oh, and by the way, 32 people died in a massacre at Waco. A winter warm-up for Big Ron as his side ended February two points ahead of Man United in top spot. Away from football, March saw the public so stirred by compassion, they funded Laura Davies' treatment of seven major organ failures. And the siege at Waco had finally come to a head. What? Like, that's not how you segue into something like that. It's like, you have to pause and give it the gravity it deserves, or not talk about it at all, just focus on <laughs> like, football. I don't understand that. I want to hear the executive decision behind yeah. why they decided to stick with it every single month to run yeah. through the news stories when 
it's like, a football show. No one, like, you're not going to lose viewers <laughs> if you say, let's forget the news bits. Let's not do that. Let's just do the Premier League bits. Everyone will still watch it. Everyone will still enjoy it, whatever. The, the fan base will still be there. But they have that sort of template that they stick to. And it's always that sort of, that that music, like, out of control, whatever it is, that, that, that same track they seem to use. And it's like, you know, you'll have Georgie Bingham, or not Georgie Bingham, sorry. Georgie Thompson, it, it, the dulcet Georgie tones Thompson, of Georgie yeah. Thompson. Georgie Thompson saying, you know, in, you know, in, in I don't know, June or whatever, or not June, in, in January, Windsor Castle set on fire, or whatever. And then it's like, oh, and here's a, you know, is is a goal from Andy Sinton for QPR. It's so random. It's like, what is going on? But yeah, I suppose that's part of the appeal, to be honest with you. For, well, that's for the thing with Sky. So, like so this, obviously, th- this one weirdly... It's a bit of a while before we actually get into Forest versus Liverpool, which is obviously the first televised game um, yeah. of the season. But those Leeds versus Wimbledon, I've got down here to Weirdo by the Charlatans. And then we're into like a compilation of Richie Keyes' like suit jackets that look more like bus seats. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the the suits there were drastic and, and Richard Keyes and, and footballers at the time, I remember some of the United players had Gigs and Ins were, were two of the main culprits for their outrageous suits. But yeah, I, I remember this sort of the, this this first year of, of the Premier League very well. This was a, a year as well. I felt like I fully understood what was going on. Like mm-hmm. 91 to 92, I was obviously, I went, I went to quite a few games and I was watching it and it was very disappointed from United point of view, but I was still only like 11, 12. I think the next year I, I was getting into my football fully more, got at games without my dad and getting my head around it. And the whole Sky thing was very exciting, or it was slightly annoying because you had to pay to watch it. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it looks so amateur now. There's there's loads in this season, especially. The Sky Strikers, the, the cheerleaders, seem to get a mention almost every single month. And there's, a, there's a clip of them at Main Road doing this like cheerleading thing and no one's asked. Impressed with what was in the centre circle, boys? Yeah, I forgot about the game was on. I said, right, I just watched it. <laughs> no, that was they, they tried to, to to bring in like you say the sky strike. I forgot the name of him, but you've just reminded me. Um, the cheerleading thing was just a uh, joke. It didn't work. Um, there was other little things that it did where you just thought like mm, some of the adverts weren't great. But you know, at, at the time as a, as a, as a fan, it was a little bit exciting. It did feel like a new era as well from the old Division One thing to have this Premier League, um, and also. The, the the rule change as well, you know, that made it a little bit more exciting. The no bass, uh, back pass rule. Um, so it was, yeah, it just felt like a new, it did for me anyway, it felt like a, definitely a new era. That's what I mean, there's, there's like random bits in here, like um, Lennox Lewis at the City Ground watching watching Forest. And it is, I, I quote, and I quote, my favourite teams are West Ham, Arsenal and Crystal Palace. <laughs> you go to soccer match? Definitely. My favourite teams are West Ham, Arsenal and uh, Crystal Palace, I like. What? <laughs> what is that? Like, how can you have three teams in London? Like, if you said my favourite teams are, I don't know, uh, Dundee United, uh, Man City and Juventus, then okay, fair enough. But if you go, my three, three teams are three London-based top-tier teams, you can go, how's that work? Well, that's um, the sort of stuff. I remember, like, I think Nazim Hamed, who was big at the time, I saw him once. I think he was on fantasy football. Or he was asked which team he supported, and he said Sheffield United on Wednesday. <laughs> like, he supported them both. Like, how's that work? 
Um, and then we're into September. And then, like we were saying, Norwich uh, are top at this point. And then we go straight in. It's the release of Terry Waite and David Miller. Right. <laughs> and those fireworks celebrate Norwich on top of the Premier League. September's news included the release of Terry Waite. There's a random sentence, if ever heard one. Norwich at top, the release of David uh, Terry Terry Waite, and David Mellor's sex scandal. Like, <laughs> what? The, the mad thing is, right? This is this is like on at like ten o'clock in the morning as well. It's not yeah. like they've just there's no thought that's gone into this in terms of like how are we going to structure this out so sort of we know what's going on around this time and it's just like obscure news stories mixed in with like a sugar rush of football and then there's like random bits of like sky adverts in there there's like a roy of the rovers sky comic with andy gray and richard keys both in it and then again more random stuff um things can only get better (laughs) being played over a fucking plane crash in Amsterdam and bombs in London, and then we're back into it and rush breaking Liverpool's goal scoring record. It's mental. <laughs> Disaster struck in October as more than 100 people died when a plane crashed into a block of flats in Amsterdam. London was hit with a spate of bombings. Buildings adjacent to the TA centre were also damaged in the bombing, one of three to hit the capital yesterday. The first exploded on a bridge near Silver Street Station in North London, blowing a hole in a train. While Ian Rush broke Liverpool's 286 goal-scoring record. Can you imagine, right, if you just went on social media now and got, like, an, a, a, a tragedy of, like, a plane crash or someone, you know, uh, some sort of incident where lots of people died? And then you put Dream. Things can only get better as your soundtrack. I just posted that on your Twitter. You'd get cancelled straight away, and rightly so. This is a mainstream channel doing this on one of their flagship programs. What is going on? And then and again, what are you doing? David Mellor appears again on Soccer Saturday, and the yeah. best part is about this: he gets grilled. Right, the presenter, I think it's Rob McCaffrey, or one of the early Sky presenters. It's like um, the David Mellor's in there. I don't know what he's just like after this like scandal. And there's like cameras and stuff outside. And uh, his exact words were, I thought it would be a nice Saturday to spend with you. And uh, the presenter said, I don't think it's a holiday, David. A week after his cabinet resignation, the MP was back in the spotlight, this time as a TV soccer pundit for Sky Sports Channel. Leading the all-star lineup on Sports Saturday, David Mellor, the former cabinet minister and football nut. I thought it would be a nice, relaxing Saturday afternoon to spend with you. Don't think it's a holiday, David. You are putting yourself up to be shot down here, I have to say, coming on as a football expert. Oh, my God. What, what is this? Is this Paxman now? What, are we suddenly doing, you know, is this a party, polit- not a party, is this a political debate? What, what is going on? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so random. As you're saying this, I remember some of these things and I'm still struggling to get my head around it. Because can you imagine pitching this idea to someone and going, yeah, sounds like a winner. Let's get David Mellor on, but let's grill him. What? Um, and then a couple of things are put down for October. United drawing 2-2 with Liverpool and uh, Mark Hughes looking like he's been interviewed in a toilet inside Old Trafford afterwards. Obviously, this is before like advertising hoardings and stuff. And it's so funny just seeing players basically studying like the bowels of these stadiums with like this one microphone that looks like it's been like rented from like a, a media college. <laughs> 
yeah, the, the production values on so many interviews and and programs at, at this time as well, with all the money that was involved, it's so bizarre that you think that it looks so bad and there's no thought. It looks like, like you say, they just grab players where they can It's like it's amateur radio. It's really it's like, weird. This is, that they this did is that. it. So after this, there's another clip of Vinnie Jones just getting dragged in to talk to them, warming up uh, for Wimbledon. And then he just starts attacking Andy Townsend and says, I used to try and learn some tricks off Townsend, but that's why Chelsea bombed me out. <laughs> What's that? Vinnie Jones. Do you know what I mean? He's having right. a go at Andy Townsend. It's like, okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. You can't can't teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> I used to try and learn some off Town, Townsend, but that's why that Chelsea bombed me out. I mean. <laughs> anyway, everything seems to be very relaxed. Vinnie, is this the, the normal way at Wimbledon? Honestly, <laughs> struggle to get your head around this at times, don't you? Like, what is the thinking behind this, and why is it happening? Again, November, uh, Liverpool beat Norwich four-one, and then there's there's literally there's a pause of about five seconds, and we're into the Windsor Castle fire. <laughs> Liverpool got a result to remember against Norwich, and a couple of goals right out of the top draw. A rare day when just about everything went right for Sunas's men. In November, on the 45th wedding anniversary of the Queen and Duke of Edinburgh, Windsor Castle caught fire, gutting over 100 rooms and taking 15 hours to extinguish. There you go. There, yeah, exactly. It's like, it, that's the sort of thing you go, you know, when was it? What month was that? Uh, November uh, 1990. I remember watching two. this, yeah. I remember that, like, I've seen it not, not long ago, and it's mm. like, yeah, in November, Windsor Castle burned down. As the Majesty of the Queen called it uh, Anna Cerebellus. What? <laughs> What is going on here? Bring back the Vinnie Jones, Andy Townsend segment. This um, is crazy. And then December again, uh, another couple of things I noted here was uh, Alan Brazil with hair. And now I, for me, I don't remember Alan Brazil as a footballer. I just know him as like the guy on TalkSport who looks like his head's going to like explode all the time. Yeah. So this was I, quite a sight, seeing him in like his previous life. I don't remember Alan Brazil mm. um, in any capacity other than... Like you say, talk sport. Um, I don't remember him at United as a football. It was a little bit before. I've been, I think I'd been when he was there, but I can't remember. Um, I don't remember him as a TV personality. I do obviously remember him or know him from talk sport. But yeah, I mean, Alan Brazil, for me, he's just that guy, like you said, he looks like he's just about to explode at any time and he always goes missing on the, whenever it is the, 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 the race weekend, is it the the um, Cheltenham Ch Festival Cheltenham or whatever? Festival, yeah. yeah, he always goes missing there, doesn't he? Because he just sort of throws a sickie. <laughs> um, and then again, Norwich being three points clear on New Year's Eve, which is, I, I, I forgot actually how close them and Villa ran United pretty much until the end of the season because it was actually yeah. a really good title race. No, it was. And Norwich were the, the you know, they were the bookies' favourites to go down. Mark Robbins, obviously, they took from us, was banging in the goals. Um, Mike Walk was the manager. It was a bit of an unknown entity. And, you know, they had a few players there who were pretty excited to watch Rule Fox, I think, was there, Jeremy Goss. And they just, you know, surpassed everyone's expectations. Um, and for a little while, it was, yeah, it looked like they were, you know, they were in with a shout until it became between us and Villa. Mm. And this, this is the thing about the season. It's just sort of on the brink of the Premier League becoming this global thing because 
you've got all this lot sort of looks sort of more modern branding compared to what it was before but you've still got no box goals at any of the grounds there's still all that like static advertising with like random local businesses on all the perimeters of the grounds and like cars at Stamford Bridge behind the goal <laughs> it's like yeah it's like <laughs> it's just <laughs> when you watch it it feels like this can't be the Premier League. This must be some sort of like, this must be like the 40s or something. What is going on here? Like, how is this happening? And it does seem so random. And some of the stuff you see, every time you're describing this, I'm forgetting these things happen. I remember him. I remember thinking, yeah, actually, yeah. Now you mentioned that. That is that is bizarre. And that is part of the appeal, I think, when you watch Premier League years. It reminds you of those things. It reminds you of, yes, you've got all these random stories, but actually watching the games and sort of the things that were going on, you think, oh, yeah, forgot about that. It's like, um, Joe Bloggs jeans for some reason seem to have like a monopoly on or like the advertising hoardings for like the mid 90s randomly. Yeah, I had a pair of Joe Bloggs mm. jeans. I think everyone did. Yeah, they, they were definitely involved. But you're right. Yeah. Why why are they everywhere? What's going on there? I don't even think they went bump not long after. <laughs> it's like, like Rain and Steel for a period as well. Just yeah. everywhere. Rain and Steel. Classic. Classic. Wonder fuel gas. All those yeah, sort of before. things. Yeah, you've always got those ones where you think of a, an advertiser, it brings you back to that era, and Joe Bloggs is definitely one of them. It's like I, I never um, had Norweb, but because that was all, all over the um, like things, United's ground was obviously being redeveloped that season. They must have had so much publicity like since 1993 because of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean... like It is weird because now when we think of advertising, we think it's on social media or we think of like you know, actually polished adverts, but back in the days, you know, if you just had like a, a hoarding or whatever that was painted, hand painted, like that would get you more publicity. afterwards. Because like, there must be someone that has the wonderful gas sign. There has to be. Because it, it kind of just been thrown out. It's probably in the Museum of Football it's or something. Massive. Somebody's it's got, yeah, you've got, that's part of the heritage, isn't it? Come on. Um, and then again, February. Um, this is this is this was actually my favourite handbrake turn of the episode. It went from Arsenal losing to Liverpool one 0 into the murder of uh, James Bolger. <laughs> How important a win is this for you? A good springboard now. Well, we'd like to think so, but uh, we've gone in the past winning matches and we've lost a few. So this really should be a springboard. But all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope that we battle and perform as we did today in the second half. The murder of James Bolger was the major headline in February 93 as grief and outrage silenced a nation. So I mean, like, that's a horrific, <laughs> it's like, tragedy that happened. And it, I don't even think, you, you know, don't even talk about it. Like, unless you're going to give it the, 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 the dignity and the, the sort of seriousness it deserves. Why are you going, here's a football game and the murder of a small child. Like, what? What is that? Like, honestly, I remember I remember the whole James Bolger thing. It was truly horrific. And it's like, the, to do it so, like, randomly, to cover it like that, just doesn't work. And yet they've stuck with it for all this time. It, honestly, the mind boggles. It really does. Um, and then again, we're into... This is what I like about Premier League years. There's a random film that is pr probably about four or five minutes long, two minutes too long at most, about the trophy being made and them interviewing like this guy who lives in this like trophy shop and just makes all these football trophies, etching the Premier League trophy on. And it's like, why have you given that so much time? We approached the FA um, last summer and produced um, a series of designs um, on the receipt of a brief 
from them. Um, that was narrowed down to a couple of designs, which were then uh, modified, and then um, you see the trophy being produced now. Yeah. Like, no one cares. That's like, that's like the sort of thing the Athletic were doing in lockdown. Like, we spoke to the guy that used to engrave this, this, the trophy for a bling. What? Why have you done 800 words on this? Like, well, if, if, if that was the Athletic, that'd be like a, a three-part series. It'd be like, yeah. like 5,000 words each. Yeah. Talk, talk to his nana about what he was like at as, school. As, as, as telly, that's just such bad television. It's just like, no one gives a toss. Sort <laughs> it out. It's pure one show, that, isn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what is this? Why, is, why have we spent a day filming this with a camp film crew? And why have we put it on air? Just get rid of it. But no, he's like, no, that's good content. We'll stick with that. Um, and then weirdly as well, we're sort of getting towards the end of February, sort of March time. The title race is, is heating up. But before we get to the Sheffield Wednesday game, Paul McGrath won PFA Player of the Year. Yeah, had a fantastic mm-hmm. season, Paul McGrath. I think Paul Ince came second. Um, I was a big Ince fan at the time. Um, Paul McGrath during that period at Villa um, under Ron Atkinson and just before under Graham Taylor, they got a tune out of him. And people used to rave about Paul McGrath, United fans who, mm. my dad and everyone older than me. I didn't really remember him that well at United. I vaguely remember him. But no, class defender and, you know, he, he was part of a very good Villa team. Mm. And then we go we go towards into April. Like United are just about managing to, to stay afloat, although they did drop a couple of points here and there. Um, but then we get to the Sheffield Wednesday game and that was pretty much United wrapping the title up. Obviously, they did beat Chelsea and Palace afterwards, but you were there. Yep, I um, I didn't have a ticket, as was was like part of the course in those days. Go out Old Trafford, try and get in somehow, either do a bit of ducking and diving outside, get a ticket, or try and jib in if you could. Um, couldn't get in, couldn't get a ticket. Waited the entire sort of first 75 minutes, and then what they used to do back in the day, Old Trafford, they'd open like the big gates or the big sort of massive metal doors, and you could just walk in. And they did that on like the 80th minute or whatever it was, 75th minute. So we, me and my mates walked in um, and I remember being sort of down the opposite end of the tunnel, the opposite end of where Bruce scored. Um, and it felt like I got in there and like two minutes later, it was probably a little bit longer than two minutes thinking about it because it wasn't until the 93rd minute or whatever it was when he got his goal, first goal. He scores those two goals. And to this day, that is still my favourite game ever at Old Trafford because mm. you just felt it from everyone. You felt it from the crowd, from the players. You see all Fergie and Brian Kidd on the on the, on the the pitch celebrating like I've never seen them do anything like that before or since, really. And it was just, it, it did feel like, you know, you just said that we wrapped it up then. Obviously, there were still games left, but you did feel like that was us winning the title. And the reason it felt so good was because of the fact that, obviously, Wednesday had gone ahead and it felt like we were throwing away another title, like the season before, where we'd thrown it away against Leeds, although I think the fixtures build up cost us. It felt like we're going to do it again, and you get that feeling, don't you? I'm, we're never going to win the title. It's never going to happen. And in that game, to see us doing that, and even though I was only 13 at the time, it was just magical. It really was, and, and to do it in that way. Those 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 headers from Steve Bruce, especially that first one, are just amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm just getting it up now, but I think United before that as well I'd had a bit of a wobble. Um, so before the Sheffield Wednesday game, they'd uh, dropped points. Well, they'd beaten Norwich 3-1 away, but they'd lost away to Oldham, drew three games against Villa City and Arsenal, and then beat Norwich and then beat Wednesday. But I guess because of the season before and the, the way that that collapsed so dramatically, it must have been a feeling of like just getting that first one because I think people forget the, the snowball effect of that. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%, because you remember, you you know, you made a good point. Going into the end of the season, the, the season before, when we lost the lead to Leeds, we were in pole position, and then we just started losing loads of games. Like, I think we lost to Forest at home and West Ham away, and then Liverpool away. And it's like, what's going on? But it was the, the, the fixtures were so, so close together. I think that cost us. But then when you lose one or two games or one game even, you think, is this going to be history repeating it itself? You know, and that Wednesday game felt like that because we were a better team than Sheffield Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? Like Wednesday had a good season. They got to two cup finals. But you looked at and you felt like we could beat Sheffield Wednesday. And yet, it, you know, they get the, the goal, they get the penalty. You know, it's a silly goal to give away. And you're going into it, the last sort of ten, five minutes of the game, plus the, the amount of added on time was quite spectacular because I think what there'd been, there'd been quite a lot going on. I think the referee gone off injured as yeah, well. Yeah, I think it was the, the linesman or someone like that. Yeah. That, I think that went what, down, what, yeah. What helps is what I think, I think what helps as well, I might be wrong about this, but the refs come off and the, the fourth official took over and the fourth official had been stood next to Fergie for the half the game and Fergie's been in his ear constantly about added time. So he's gone on as referee, remembering that there's a lot of added time as well, which has sort of helped us. Um, but to, to sort of, that was the beginning one of Fergie time and everything. And obviously, you know, we had we had that in the new Camp and other games as well. But yeah, that, that feeling of just the sense of sort of despondency you're feeling in the 89th minute or whatever to, to just feel like that and just as a, as a fan being there having got in right at the end it was just great it's just such a good feeling like, you know it's one of the best feelings I've ever had as a football fan and then we're sort of going into May now United well they're sort of securing the title with uh, with results before the the Oldham beating uh, Villa game but what, what I love about this is there's a great clip I think it's Gary Cottrell and I really want it to be Going up to Brian Clough, obviously retired at the end of this season, basically annoying him, saying, have you got time for a quick chat or something? And he says, like, no, thanks for asking. But I just love that Gary Cottrell's bitch being that constant, annoying journalist for, like, his entire career. And he was still <laughs> doing the same thing in 1992. Mr Clough, maybe have a quick word with you? No, sir. Thank you for asking. I didn't even realise he, he was doing it then. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah... It was it was mad. Do you know what? Like some of the things that were on towards the end of the season it was mad. I remember watching they used to do this thing at United where for the away games, they they drive a truck with a screen onto the pitch. It's a bean back or whatever, it was bounce back yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you go, you buy a ticket for like a quid and go and sit in like the the, the paddock or whatever, not the paddock that was standing, but you go and sit in like I don't know, not strip west stand or whatever. Like so that north stand, sorry, north mm. stand. So they drive this truck on. I think it was the, the Palace away game. I think it was. Um, I think it was Palace away. I might be getting it wrong. Um, it was a yeah, night time game. Right. Yeah. Was it 2-0? Yeah, it, um, yeah. Hughes and Ince. Ince, yeah, definitely mm. that game. So they drive this truck on and you sit there like you're at a game. <laughs> it's mad. Like, you never like, you can't imagine it now. He's obviously just watching a game on the telly or your laptop or your phone or whatever. But yeah, you buy like a, well, it was all cheap ticket because you're not watching the actual live game. You're actually watching it on a screen. And I remember watching that one. Um, um, I think it went with my dad um, and just obviously buzzing because you felt like this this is it. And then the Olden Villa game, again, I mean, it was Nicky Henry one who got the winner. Mm. I'll never forget that because um, everyone thought Villa were going to win that game. I was watching my dad's mates and my dad and his mates who had 26 years of waiting for us to win the title. We're all, you know, in tears, basically. These are hardened football men who, you know, been there in the 70s and 80s, but they were just 
overcome because we'd finally done it after watching the Scousers and, and other teams win it for so often. Um, so yeah, it felt it felt great, and it was such a twist for it to happen that way. Like for Oldham to beat Villa because Oldham were like rooted near the bottom of the table. Well, they, they, they stayed up on the last day. Yeah, is it Southampton to beat? I think on the last day. Yeah, right? they won the one four three. Yeah, on the last day, which which is another mad sort of side thing to this season. But yeah, what I love about this is there's a, um, Sky's coverage, especially there's a great split screen shot of Ron Atkinson looking pissed off because he's thrown the title away, and then it just cuts to some United fans in the pub being smashed. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, that was how he did like did things, and it was it was you know having been had had it the other way around where we've obviously lost titles late late as, as well you know, sort of further down the line. But that that day and that weekend and that week and everything, it was just great going down Old Trafford and everyone partying. And then obviously we had the Blackburn game um, where we, we beat them just to sort of do it, you know, in front of the fans where you got the parade and everything. It was just great. It's just such a good good time. And, you know, I know it's like easy with hindsight, but you thought like maybe summit, this could be the beginning of summit for United. Mm. Well, that's the thing. I mean, obviously... United ended up beating Blackburn in that game where they lifted the title at Old Trafford. Uh, but they still had to get some other results. I mean, uh, the Chelsea game, like you were saying at home, that was that was 3-0. And then just sort of that momentum uh, that you were talking about. But yeah, the second last home game of the season, obviously, Pallister, Pallister, Gary Pallister scoring a free kick. Great. The only player that season who hadn't scored for us as well, out the mm. first team. And for him to do it like that, it's just, it's just a great sort of, Spell, do you know what I mean? It's just a magical two weeks or whatever. See United lifting the title after 26 years, everyone partying, everyone getting in on the act. Gary Palace to get his goal, everything just seems to click in place. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was such a such a great season that season and the way it ended. And it was, you mentioned it earlier, it was a good title race because mm. there was a few twists and turns. And you had, you know, like early doors. I remember Coventry, for example, doing quite well. I think it was. Then yeah, you had well, Norwich. Well, Chelsea mounted a bit of one as well. Yeah. You had and Chelsea at the time weren't Chelsea now. The Chelsea were like relegation fodder at the time, and then they had this sort of purple patch, Coventry, then uh, Norwich who kept it going for longer than everyone thought. Then it's Villa, and you think, okay, you know, Villa. And there's a narrative there, isn't there? It's Ron Atkinson against his old club and and all this sort of stuff. And then United finally sort of coming good, especially with Eric as well, who's come from Leeds. It was just if you couldn't, if you were to write it like as a drama, you probably couldn't have scripted it any better. Mm. But that, the thing as well, um, like Busby being at that game against Blackburn as well, and it's sort of amazing, really, for, for that to happen. Uh, but the best thing I love about the Blackburn game is whenever they show uh, Steve Bruce lifting the trophy, it always, like, elbows the camera man, and it's just great. Yeah. I love it. Like, if it lifts the trophy up, elbows the guy next to him that's holding the camera up, and then, like, puts his hand up to apologise and then just gets on with it. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? You're always <laughs> waiting for that moment. Yeah. I am the same. <laughs> I'm the same where he always like bangs the cameraman, <laughs> bangs the camera. It's mad that, yeah. And I remember like the, the whole like they got little trophies instead of medals yeah. as well, which is a new thing. And I remember Brian Robson afterwards, they was filming him and he's like, you can't put much champagne in that. Um, it was just, yeah, it was it was great. And like I say, little things like that, you might think, oh, it's, it's you know, it's inconsequential, the fact they got didn't get medals. It's inconsequential, you know. But it felt new. It's a new trophy. It's a new sort of title you know it's a new division sorry the name of it and everything it just did it felt all like this was just from a football point of view the beginning of something new and from a united point of view when you look at our team and finally putting that hoodoo to rest and some of the players we had and the ages of some of the players who were very young as well you felt like we could we could do something special and i'll be honest with you 
you felt like we could do something special, but I didn't realise just how special the next sort of 20 years were going to be. I never mm. expected that. But that's the thing with, like, um, with Sky, because I remember, like, it, when, even when I was around, like, when I was younger, a lot of people I know still didn't have it. So in the 90s, it still must have been, like, a really, like, new thing, having been able to watch that much football. Yeah, definitely. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it was, and it was like... It's sort of this this thing as well of watching these games that you normally wouldn't watch and be interested in. Do you know what I mean? Like, in the past, the, the sort of games that I remember as a kid watching, like, that didn't involve United, were like cup games like the FA Cup mm. final or, that's you know, maybe a semi-final or whatever. And now all of a sudden, you know, you've got Ipswich versus, you know, I don't know, City or whatever on the on a on a on a Wednesday night and it's like oh well Monday night football like the first one Monday of that night season football. was Man City against QPR on a Monday night it's like yeah it's like that's so random in it yeah do you know what I mean and this isn't when City were challenging for titles or anything this is just City when they were relegation fodder and you know it, and that's a good point as well you know like QPR there was a few teams that had like these surprise spells QPR one of them where they had like. Players that you still have Les Ferdinand scoring loads of goals, and Andy Sinton's got into the England team. And uh, was it Clive Wilson, the fullback yeah. who used to be at City, you know, was one of the best fullbacks? You just like, you start noticing these different teams and different players. Like Norwich had all these players you'd never heard of that all of a sudden look really good. And because you, you get to see them a bit more, because like now and again they'd be on the telly, it's like, oh, hang on a minute. And also, the, the sort of the birth of fantasy football was a thing. Mm-hmm. So you start doing fantasy football as well. I remember doing that at school. And knowing who some of these players were and what had been the team, it was really it just felt new and exciting. What I love about um, the, um, the especially that QPR team is um, the classic FM sponsor that's like all over the stadium, all over Loftus Road, all over the shirt. Like it's such a random sponsor to have for a Premier League team. Yeah, it's like is that encouraging people to listen to classic classic FM? <laughs> people go and watch QPR or watch him on the side going, do you know what I need to do? I need to start listening to classic FM. I just it does seem random, but yeah, it does epit- it epitomizes that sort of era and also the randomness. And I liked that about it. Like mm. the, the the fact not the classic FM sponsor QPR, but the fact you'd have these teams that you you'd, you'd dismiss and go who are they or whatever. And it turns out they were pretty good and they had some good players and they'd have these little spells where you go, actually. They they have got a good good team because it you know when I was a kid it was always the same old like it was Liverpool it was Everton um, it was Arsenal and then all of a sudden when the Premier League starts QPR Norwich Villa United obviously uh, there's 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 different teams that are doing well um, that you start to notice more yeah and so we get towards the end of the season Oldham like we were saying one four three on the last day to stay up United have a big pitch invasion away to Wimbledon on the last day, which means the players don't come back out. And then it cuts to this montage of United winning their uh, first league title um, in whatever it was, 26 years, uh, to a montage of Could It Be Magic by Barry Manilow playing underneath it, which is just chaos. Is it the Barry Manilow version? Not to say that version. It's the Barry Manilow version. Shocking uh, this, this decision there by the producers at Sky. Surely they could have got the rights. Maybe well, that. Maybe... This is the thing that annoys me about Premier League years. For all its uh, things that's great about it, the music isn't from the time. 
because Supersonic <laughs> was playing in this episode. That didn't come out in 1992. It's it's like and random songs like Weirdo by the Charlatans. Not sure whether they had like an agreement with them or something. It, it appears three times. No, it is annoying. I like it when there's there's ones I've watched where they've picked the right music from mm. that time and it suits it so much better because it takes you back there. And when they do pick random songs that aren't from that time, it annoys me. I'm with you on that because I think you're spoiling it a bit because, like, I remember the, the 2003 season where we came back, just to jump forward slightly, mm. um, against Arsenal, like, they were winning. And, and, and I remember in the Premier League years watching that and they played, like, in the club by 50 Cent, which fitted because I remember that time and I remember that song being everywhere. So it made sense. But when you start throwing songs in from the 70s or the 80s, whatever, you think, well, why is that in it? That doesn't make any sense and it just looks a bit daft. Mm. Well, I think we've uh, just about come to the end. But I want to ask you, because you were obviously uh, in your peak, shall we say, in the, the early 90s. What, what do you remember about 1992? Can you remember much of it? Um, from, what can I remember about 1992? I was only a kid. Right, okay. So you were, you weren't in only, your um No, your no, I wasn't. I didn't start drinking. Yeah. I remember more about that time than I do sort of the late 90s, early noughties, right. because, you know, like when we were winning the treble and, and winning title and, 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 you know, European adventures and all that sort of stuff, I was, you know, right in the middle of getting out of my head all the time. I was going to games, but, you know... A lot of the time I wasn't in the best of shape, but 90s sort of the early the early nineties to sort of the mid nineties, I was um it was just felt it felt great to be a football fan and be a United fan at that time. Obviously won the double the following season. You know, that's the, the following season I went to Emily, I think four times in a space of like a season, which was just great. And yeah, it just felt like so exciting and new and for United to be leading the way as well. And what I loved about that time is we were leading the way. At a time when our rivals were falling falling by the wayside, City were going against relegation, where at a time in the early 90s, it looked like it was us and City were almost on a similar level. Do you know what I mean? And then we just took up, you know, kicked on again, they went backwards. Liverpool suddenly stopped being the Liverpool of old and stopped even challenging for titles. Um, it was it was just like a Leeds, of course, you know, went from winning the title to just having the worst title defence almost ever. And, yeah, it was just like United were doing so well. Our rivals weren't doing well. Everything was exciting. It was just great, man. It was just like, whenever I look back to those those periods from, like, 92, obviously the start of 92, 93 season, 93, 94, it's, it's two of my favourite seasons. And, and the United sides at that time are one of my favourite United sides because they, they might not have been the best side I've ever seen, but the most exciting to watch. Right, OK. And I think that's a good place uh, to leave it. Thanks for coming on and talking to me about uh, Premier League years. I know you've... Uh... <laughs> Anytime, bro. I've enjoyed that actually. It's been a bit, it's been a bit of a reminder of how random that show is. Uh, where can where can people find you as you you always say? Um, well, you can find me on Strip for Paddock of Alls, of course, but you can find me on Scotty and Motty, and occasionally we have James Young, uh James Young joining us as well. So I get I get allowed. Yeah, you get allowed to join yeah. us. So yeah, make sure you're checking that one out.